You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. This time they did not. Yeah, this time they didn't. Oh, oh this time they didn't pull in England. God. Not to say they won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to say they won't, but this time they didn't. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy they won. I'm. I'm really happy. I've got no hate for Alabama like whatsoever. Yeah. But I mean, a you know, I mean, I do like Georgia. It's mm-hmm. it's it's as I as I explained this week. You know, I I like Georgia. I wouldn't call myself like a Georgia fanatic by mm-hmm. any means. But uh, basically, I run in this order. I run East Carolina, Miami, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling for Georgia over like 127 other teams. <laughs> so you know, it's a it's a good number. But um, yeah, yeah, you know. So very happy to see it and. Um, it's nice to see. Like I said I have nothing against Alabama. I respect the absolute hell out of Saban's greatness. But it's nice to see somebody else lift that trophy once in a while. Oh yeah, and it's you know given given that they met up like just a couple years ago and Alabama won in very excruciating fashion for Georgia fans. <laughs> um, to be able to come back and and do that, and they had, they had some good storylines, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stetson Bennett apparently this week is deciding, uh, will he come back for another year or will he just go on and go to law school? <laughs> what a decision. Not not usually the decision you hear from college players. <laughs> oh, not not from the national championship winning quarterback, considering yeah. I believe they said like the last five or six winning quarterbacks are, were all like first round picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, that said, I, I do believe uh, when Stetson Bennett the fourth hangs his sign out on his law firm, uh, I don't think he will ever have a shortage of uh, clientele. So. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna go get me. A, I'm gonna go get me a speeding ticket so I can go see Stetson Bennett. Oh god, <laughs> that would be such a Georgia thing to do. Oh, that'd be the most Georgia thing to do. That would be like the absolute zenith, like Georgia slash Alabama thing to do. Oh my god. Imagine two times the attorney at law. Could you imagine if Tebow became a lawyer in Gainesville? Jesus. Timmy Tebow, lawyer extraordinary. You know the thing about Tebow, he'd probably be the greatest lawyer ever. <laughs> yeah. Because he's because he's Tim Tebow, so everything he does he's like the greatest ever. Well yeah, that that's why he had such a successful major league baseball career, he had a successful NFL career, just everything. Amazing. But you know, but you know what he did have in. He had an NFL career, and he had a pro baseball career, yes. 
And he married Miss Universe. <laughs> and he has the Hosman Trophy. And he got to uh, he got to be coached by Urban Meyer, which, as we know now, is a great experience. Which 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 we now which we now thoroughly understand. Yeah, now that we've seen Urban Meyer and all his shenanigans, we now thoroughly <laughs> understand how impeccably wonderful a person Tim Tebow is because he held the Florida Gators together. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He he somehow held that program together, you know. Oh, <laughs> there used to be this there used to be this meme running around like uh, you know can't wait for him to do a thirty for thirty on the two thousand eight Florida Gators, <laughs> where your quarterback was a preacher, um, your tight end was a murderer, uh, <laughs> like forty guys Eventually. off that team got arrested. Yeah, it's like forty guys on that team got arrested. Then there was Tim Tebow, and now it's like oh, and now there's Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. It's like now we can just add the fact that Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer into this whole thing. So, oh man, what a great program! What? Oh, it was it was pretty damn impeccable. Oh man! Oh, <sighs> dog, sick of you, silver bitches! Also, I thought it was really cool. I didn't, I didn't know because I don't, I didn't have access to the mega cast or anything um, for the game, uh, so I didn't actually find this out until after the fact um, that they brought in the entire Texas A and M staff for the coaching rooms uh, for the coaching room feed. That was actually really cool. I thought. So what I'd like to do, I need to go back and look at my my Espen. Um, is. Uh, and I go back and rewatch that because even, you know, so Anisha even stayed up and watched the whole match with me the other night. Mm-hmm. And even she sat there and she's like, God, now knowing what, knowing what happened and not having to be like invested in every play. She's like, I could go back and watch that game again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I could too. And then I'm like, Oh, and I'd love to hear what um, Jimbo Fisher had to say about the whole thing. <laughs> There's one great moment. I think it was during the the, the controversial fumble, um, where there's a there's a shot of an Alabama fan, right? And I, I guess it was a Georgia fan who is uh, just like absolutely slumped over and looks a thousand percent defeated, and it, the the camera's just like r- focused right on him. And one of the coaches starts going, "Look at this guy! Look at look at this guy right here! He he doesn't know what's going on. Look at this guy!" I'm like, yes. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It, it is interesting to see coaches like comment on what people go through throughout yeah. the entire game. Because, you know, oh, Jesus. Poor folks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Excellent. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. Well, what what better way to kick off kick off this Foreign Affair podcast than with college football talk? <sighs> Amazing. Welcome on in, everyone, to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 397. I'm your host, Edward Green, joined as always by McCullen Crime, Wes Bradshaw. And, uh, well, I mean, it's also because we don't have a ton of soccer to talk about this week. Because um, <laughs> uh, it is it is right after the, the crucible has finished of Premier League holiday matchups. And although Premier League teams are still playing in various states... Uh, with the FA Cup and League Cup, uh, there was a little bit of a Premier League break. So not a whole lot of matches really to talk about. Uh, we will recap what happened um, this week with a couple of makeup matches in the Premier League and the League Cup uh, finishing off one match 
Uh, as we're recording this, one the other semifinals still hasn't actually started yet, <laughs> so that hopefully that will go through tomorrow, and then uh, we'll we'll get a quick update on the FA Cup, uh, hit some news and notes, and the watch for, and then uh, and then maybe Wes will talk about the uh, college football final a little bit more. Who knows? Um, oh yes. Um, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, you can find them. Uh, they are now powered by Anchor, which is powered them by Spotify, just like us on the Foreign Affair Podcast. If you want to ask us a question, just click on the link in the description. You can send us a voice question, and if you like it and it's good, we'll uh, throw it in the podcast. Because um, once again, don't call us. We'll call you. Um, oh, that number in two five two. Oh man, good times, good times. Uh, also of note, real quick, as we do start our Premier League recap here. Um, although the NBC Sports website, uh, sorry, the NBC Sports channel has been uh, erased from existence, um, the NBC Sports website is still very much alive. In all its not very good glory. So let's keep on keeping on. Um, all right. Uh, there are just a couple matches. Uh, again, we're played the last couple days to make up some matches. Everton and Leicester didn't have enough people to play. So that one still hasn't happened yet. Um, Southampton, though, punched Brentford in the face, winning 4-1. Massive win for Southampton. And uh, Brentford, while they were able to pull one back in the 23rd minute to equalize, uh, gave up two more goals in the second half to fall down 4-1. So big three points for Southampton. And then today on Wednesday, uh, a Bowen brace for West Ham did in Norwich City as the 2-0 victory was enough for West Ham to move back up in the table into a Champions League position for now. Uh, as always, the table, the Premier League table is very false. Very, very false. With as many as a still four-match difference between teams. Um, so still plenty, plenty of things to shake out there. But yes, currently West Ham have jumped back in to the fourth place slot. Um, So while there was not many matches this week, there is a couple of very exciting matches coming for you this weekend. So your Premier League schedule for the weekend looks like this. On Friday, January 14th, 3 p.m., Brighton and Hove takes on Crystal Palace. On Saturday, as the NBC Sports website loads up here. Oh yeah, what a... What a great website this is. In tw- it's 2022, and it still sometimes takes like 35 yeah, seconds. Well, I think you're doing this as like a masochistic thing just to yourself. That you keep <laughs> using that site. It's the only thing I know. All right. I guess. Okay. And it always happens. As soon as I go to my phone to pull up the schedule, it, it ends up loading through. Um, it had to pull it up because we have a banger on Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m. Man City versus Chelsea. Uh, if Man City wins, the title race isn't over, over. 
but it's almost certainly over for Chelsea's perspective. Uh, and it will become slightly closer to over for Liverpool's perspective as well. Um, so 7.30 a.m., very, very important matchup for three teams in the Premier League. Uh, at 10 a.m., you have your choice of Newcastle versus Watford, Norwich versus Everton, Wolves versus Southampton, and Burnley versus Leicester. Then at 12.30, a replay of a match we just saw in the FA Cup. It's funny how that happens every once in a while. Uh, Aston Villa versus Manchester United, um, with Aston Villa bringing in a brand new signing for that match, which we will we can go over in just a little bit here. Uh, oh. on, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, Wes, you're very excited to talk about that one. Oh. <laughs> on Sunday... At 9 a.m., Liverpool faces off against Brentford. Um, last time these two teams met in the Premier League, uh, it was, of course, a, a scintillating, I believe, 3-3 draw uh, where Brentford had to come back multiple times to get the equalizer. Um, so exciting things there. Also at 9 a.m. on Sunday, West Ham versus Leeds. And at 11.30, it's the second North London derby of the season as Tottenham hosts Arsenal. And then, because... Premier League can't stop, won't stop. Tuesday uh, next week, Burnley hosts Watford at 2.30, and Brighton and Hove takes on Chelsea at 3. And is there anything on Wednesday? That is the question. Um, yes, Leicester is going to try to take on Tottenham. Maybe that match will actually take place at the KP. And at 3 p.m., Brentford plays Manchester United. So starting to get some matches made up here uh, as we take a quick look at the table uh, Manchester City again 10 points ahead of Chelsea still Liverpool 11 back but with match in hand and as we said West Ham on the max 21 matches played so far uh, are in fourth position uh, Arsenal are just two points back uh, with one match in hand Spurs are four points back of West Ham but with three matches in hand uh, United Wolves Brighton and Hove just behind them At the bottom of your heart the relegation zone Watford sits on 13 points Burnley on 11 Newcastle on 11 and Norwich on 10 so very tight down there as well as also those teams have played very all all four of those teams have played a different amount of matches so far what a Premier League. Um, any thoughts, Wes, uh, either on the week that was or the week that will be? Um, obviously, Liverpool playing Brentford again. Very exciting matchup. And uh, and this the, the highlight of Chelsea going to Manchester City on Saturday. Uh, a, as we talked about last week and last couple weeks, uh, a very defining moment, another defining moment in this Premier League campaign. I haven't really changed my viewpoint on City. Uh, looking like they're kind of running away with the league right now. Ooh, those um, Liverpool fans are getting ready to type you an angry message. Ooh. Oh, I've got to support United. <laughs> um, that, that is a big one. Uh, if Chelsea can ping three points back, um, that would be, I mean, that would be huge for both Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially if Liverpool can turn around and uh, get the job done over Brentford. Um, because, I mean, really, it, it's all it's going to take is uh, some sort of a slide from City, and it can open the league back up. I don't really see it happening, but hey, maybe. 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 Um, but uh, Liverpool Brentford, it was a thrilling, exciting match the first time. Uh, Liverpool, of course, coming in 
Um, no, uh, no Mane, no Salah, no Keita. Um, I, I don't know who the hell, I guess after the, uh, the Carabao Cup match against um, Arsenal on Thursday, I guess we'll finally see who's actually available to be selected. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, Jurgen Klopp used the word this week, and I'm sure, I don't know if this is in your notes, about a bunch of false positives. Well, what the hell? <laughs> so I don't know who's available and who's not available right now. So we'll find that out. But uh, since that first match between those two, Brentford have kind of hit some hard times. They haven't exactly been at their best. Um, so Liverpool uh, Liverpool will go in as the favorites. Um you know, not not only that, but um, you know, the matches at Anfield, which seems to be a really nice equalizer for Liverpool. Uh, so they should be the favorites to go and take their three points. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely see what happens. But uh, I think uh, the United uh, Aston Villa match, uh, the return there, that'll be an interesting one to see. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's another big week in the Premier League. They're all big weeks. Um, and now a bunch of teams are shorn of their top African players. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a tournament that's turned out to be so far. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, another – you say this every week. It's, a, it's another big week in the Premier League. Wes, you're not allowed to criticize AFCON. Well, fine. I haven't quite yet. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We will later. Don't you worry. Holy freaking crap. Has it been a crap so far? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that is your week in the Premier League. Um, Again, plenty of great matches. And again, another another North London derby between Tottenham, uh, which does need a little bit of positive momentum. Um, and maybe some new signings, depending on how the the remainder of this transfer window goes. Um, We'll see how they do. Um, Because as we turn our attention to the League Cup, uh, Tottenham have been knocked out of the League Cup. Um, Finally playing their first good half of football in the League Cup. Unfortunately, it was the last half. And unfortunately, even though they played their best half, they scored zero goals. Had a chance for like three. That's going to be the kicker is they actually had like three legitimate chances at goal. Uh, one went just inches wide. One um, was a penalty that got varred out. And then one was a cane goal that got varred out. So you're like, on a different day, Tottenham actually could have tied things up at three. Um, but it was not to be. Rudiger, everyone's favorite Chelsea player, right after Marco Alonso, um, got one in the 18th minute. And that was all Chelsea needed to see things out as Spurs bow out in the semifinals and Chelsea will be waiting on the winner of Liverpool Arsenal, which as of this recording still has not started. Um, that does look still progress, uh, ready to go, uh, tomorrow. Um, and, um, Wes, uh, obviously a big set of ties now. Um, and it will be interesting to see, even though it is a semifinal, we know Jurgen Klopp likes to rotate his players a lot. Uh, you even mentioned that a little bit uh, in your look towards the weekend. Um, but I do think it'll be very interesting now with even a week more off. How exactly will he set up his team for these Arsenal matches? Um, 
you know, and again, with also, we have to say this very quietly to not be yelled at, with the with the, the t- league title potentially slipping further and further away, would another run at a trophy when you're only essentially two wins away from it be a good thing to go for now? So I think I think Klopp is actually in a very interesting position now um, with how to treat the uh, these next couple uh, League Cup semifinal matches. But uh, again, those are to come uh, and we'll be starting tomorrow. And then on the 20th will be the return leg and the winner will face uh, Chelsea in the end of February. So, um, Wes, any any thoughts uh, as, as Liverpool gets set to take on Arsenal at Anfield and then returns to the Emirates? Well, of course, Arsenal having their uh, inspiring FA Cup um, <laughs> match over the weekend. <laughs> so they, they don't have that to worry about anymore. Um, um, as far as the rotation, you know, Liverpool haven't played a lot recently. Once again, due to the COVID, the match got moved. So, uh, and they played a, a really young side against Shrewsbury over the weekend in the FA Cup. Um Depending on the players that he has available, I think you could actually see a stronger than maybe we normally would have Liverpool squad put out. Mm-hmm. Part of that is Klopp's going to want to go ahead and get guys back into the group of things uh, with with a league match coming up on the weekend. Um, and then, of course, he'll turn around next week and play that second semifinal against Arsenal. So I think you'll see a little bit of that youth in there, but I think you're going to see a pretty senior squad playing in that match. Um I've heard a few rumblings that maybe the youngster, Kate Gordon, who scored uh, his first Liverpool goal uh, against Shrewsbury, you know, he, he might make the uh, starting squad in this match. Um, big question is at the back, if Allison's available, do you start him or do you start Keevan Kelleher, who has started all the cut matches thus far this year and has done a damn good job at them, actually. Um yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the question. Once again, it goes back kind of the Premier League. We'll, we'll just have to see what's available. But I expect Klopp to start a pretty strong team tomorrow or Thursday. Whenever you guys are listening to this, the match played on Thursday. I ex- I'm expecting a pretty strong Liverpool squad to be put out there. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's, it's something we haven't seen a ton of either League Cup-wise or FA Cup-wise from Klopp, and especially in the last couple of years. Um even to Everton and Leicester's dismay of, of losing to the quote unquote kids. Um, it's, uh, I knew that would bring a smile to your face. Um, it's, it is, it is interesting that he's now in this position where, as you mentioned, they've actually had this kind of unscheduled break a little bit. So they may actually have more of a reason even still to go for it and actually play some of the, the players that wouldn't normally get out and have to be rotated. Uh, of course, again, that will not include Mane or Salah still out in uh, in the African Cup of Nations, but there, it still could be a, a stronger team than we would normally see um, from Liverpool in a non-Champions League Cup tie. So, very interesting, and we'll see how Arsenal and, and do. Also, okay. And also the fact, I mean, you pointed it out, <clears throat> you know, when you get to this point of a cup competition, you might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically two matches against Arsenal away from a trip to Wembley. And then, of course, if you get to a final, why would you not just go for the final while you're there? Um, yeah. I mean, right, right, Mourinho? And, or, 
first? Yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do when you get to a final is go for it? Yes. That's maybe not fair to Josie. He got fired before that final. <laughs> I was about to say, maybe we'll just fire Klopp before the final. What do you think? There you go. Oh, boy. Sorry. Sorry, sorry to take the piss. There, it's I'm, fine. Couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, too, the uh, you know the Anfield faithful wouldn't have an issue with, hey, throw a strong team out there. Let's try to win this cup. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because it is one Klopp hasn't won. And we haven't won it in, I think, 2011, 2012 was the last time we won this one. So, Was it? I, I, thought, I thought your last one was before our – I thought your last one was before our last one, which was like 08 or 09. Or am I crazy? I think it was – I know Suarez, Suarez was there. Okay. Because I, I remember you, you gave me the print for um, a, a delightful uh, holiday gift one year. Was that the wh- – wh- oh. You know what? Let's let's just look this up. I have a computer in front of me. What am I doing? Pool mm-hmm. EFL Cup. Here we go. Uh, it was 2012. Um, they oh, beat. Okay. Uh, Fuck me. I don't know. What um, telling me everything except who they actually beat in there. Um, played it in. Oh, it was Cardiff City in Liverpool. Okay. Well, because I even remember, like, I, I remember getting that for you, and I also remember. Mm-hmm. For a time, uh, for our 60 Seconds of Soccer graphic, I'm pretty sure I used, or actually maybe I used, because I know I used Gerard mm-hmm. holding the trophy. It actually might, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was that or if it was the Champions League. It might have, it might have been the, the League Cup trophy, though. Um, Either or. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they wanted in a, they wanted in a uh, shootout against Cardiff. I don't know why I thought it was before yeah, Spurs last win. As normal, Liverpool couldn't do anything easy. So. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Uh, so again, that final will be on February 27th at Wembley. Um, and so we'll see who will be there to take on Chelsea uh, and deny uh, Thomas Tuchel potentially his second trophy in charge of Chelsea. If he's still there, you know, it's uh, it's always an interesting situation, Chelsea. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting situation. Oh, <laughs> Um, now for the FA Cup, um, as we mentioned last week, there were some very small teams still going into the third round, uh, which is the equivalent of the round of 64. Uh, we had Kidderminster, Kidderminster Harris out of the sixth tier National League North. Few probably gave them a chance to advance over championship side Reading, and yet, that's exactly what they did. Two one winners, two second half goals for the Kidderminster Harriers, and they are going on to the fourth round as once again the lowest ranked team. Um, a couple other non-league teams uh, were not as fortunate. Uh, Chesterfield losing five one to Chelsea, uh, and Yeovil losing three one to Bournemouth. However, another uh, uh, non-league side did win. Borumwood beat AFC Wimbledon 2-0. So they are also progressing out of the fifth tier. Um, and then I, I believe one or two fourth, uh, play, uh, fourth division teams won. Uh, it was Hartlepool United who won out of League 2. I am trying to find them on the sheet here. Uh, they played Blackpool out of the championship and won 
two to one. Um, as Wes mentioned, there was some uh, the Premier League drop off as well as Arsenal lost one nil to Nottingham Forest in a match that Arsenal never looked like they actually wanted to win or cared about winning. Um, maybe the same thing could be said uh, a little bit um, for uh, Liverpool and Tottenham and how they started their matches. However, that both of them would go on to have comfortable results. Liverpool 4-1 over Shrewsbury and Tottenham 3-1 over Murakambe. The Shrimps have bowed out. Um, so... If, uh, real quick, if, uh, please. if you get the chance to check out Men and Blazers this week... Um... Go and listen to Roger Bennett's interpretation of uh, Antonio Conte's halftime speech against Morricone. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it is. Is it just a lot of Italian swearing? It is bend over belly laughingly funny. Oh no, he uses the uh, full-on American f word as he screams. <laughs> but then I think he uses the Italian word for shrimp, <laughs> which makes it very funny. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh yes tottenham is a project right now yeah. T- T- that's the amazing thing tottenham is a project and if they just win all their games in hand they're in a champions league spot i don't understand this team at all oh, yeah. <gasps> uh, it's, it's it's not even them so much it's more just the table itself that's true that is. It, is, it is an it is an absolute it's a it's a really crazy year in the league it's like there are three teams that are like oh we're just gonna like for the most part take care of our jobs mm-hmm. and then there's like and then there's like everybody else yes. <laughs> and it's like what the hell are they doing <laughs> 17 teams that you would not bet on to save your life because you just don't no know. no not at oh, all man um so we do have some. Uh, we do have the already the draw for the fourth round proper. Um, it does give us some Premier League on Premier League action, including Wolves versus Norwich, uh, Tottenham versus Brighton and Hove, Everton versus Brentford, uh, and we do have the matchups for the lower ranked sides. Uh, Hartlepool United out of League Two will be heading to Crystal Palace. Borehamwood uh, out of the first um, National League division will be heading to Bournemouth so Bournemouth gets a a tier 5 team for the second round in a row must must be nice I guess um, Kidderminster will be getting to host though West Ham what a huge huge match for Kidderminster uh, and we will see if they can pull off more magic in the FA Cup and uh, and upset West Ham to get to the round of 16 um uh, elsewhere, we do have Manchester City taking on Fulham and um, Manchester United taking on Millsborough. Chelsea takes on Plymouth Argyle and Liverpool hosts Cardiff. Ah, the aforementioned Cardiff. Um, so that's a lot of your matches. Um, so obviously, Wes, very, very, some very good matchups here. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people will be pulling for those couple teams that are right at the bottom of the pyramid or even just outside of the league uh, pyramid uh, to maybe to maybe pull off at least one more upset and, and keep the FA Cup interesting for a while longer. What? I mean, that's the uh, the trademark magic of the FA Cup. <laughs> yes. Every time we say it, we have to I mean, pay 10 uh, cents. Exactly. So I can only say it once uh, per show. So. <laughs> um, because our budget, our budget is more... Uh, 
is more, um, I'm trying to, oh, kidder, I, we have more of a kidder mister, yeah, kidder yeah. Minster, uh, budget than a Man City budget. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it has produced some good moments. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope that, uh, that Kidderminster could do it. Um, I don't know if I've brought this up before, but I, I've been thinking about something, uh, with all the talk of like starting to compress the schedule a little bit and, you know, people being, I think, rightfully annoyed that the league cup is still doing two like semifinals, um, and, you know, with maybe some complaints about replays happening in the FA cup. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, this idea before, but what if, when they did the draw for the FA Cup, they do it exactly like they do now. But when they complete the draw, whoever is the lower tier team is always the hosts. And then you just scrap replays. Because I feel like the biggest reason to have replays is the idea that like how Hartlepool United is going to Crystal Palace. If they can get a replay... And get Crystal Palace to come to them. That's a ton of revenue that a lot of these lower division clubs really, really thrive off of, and and can can help them a lot that they just don't have access to any other way. So I'm wondering if to make that maybe a little more guaranteed, you just always say, all right, if you're the lower seed, the lower tier team, you host. Period. The end. I mean, if it's even, then it's just like you know, if it's Premier League versus Premier League. It's just like they do now, and it's the order in which you're drawn. But if it's if it's a difference in tiers, the lower tier team always hosts. I I think that'd be an interesting change and would be a good reason then to be able to scrap replays, which just adds even more fixture congestion, which we, we all know we desperately need to calm down on. I, I don't know if I've mentioned that before to you, Wes, um, but it's something I've been thinking a lot about Um Especially this 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 past couple of weeks here, as the uh, the schedule gets more and more uncertain and crazy. I get it. Um, now, one of the said though, one of the fun things is when you get those um, lower league teams going to the big boys. You also, know, maybe they can pull something off. Um, you know, like you, you take Shrewsbury for um, for effect. Um, Last season, of course, last season we played them in the cup, mm-hmm. and they actually ended, we ended up drawing at Shrewsbury in the first one, and then they got the uh, they got the return leg at Liverpool, and you know Liverpool took them all, took them out pretty well at Anfield. But for those guys, you know that was a lot of those guys that was their chance to play at one of the big historic sites, um, to play in front of fifty five sixty thousand, and also when they do get those replays at the bigger grounds. That's actually where they get the really big payday is when Shrewsbury goes to Anfield, you know, because um, they're getting their cut of the uh, they're getting their cut of the tickets, and um, you know, obviously you can fit a whole hell of a lot more into Anfield or into sure. uh, the London Stadium uh, or uh, Old Trafford or somewhere uh, than you're going to at the a lot of these um, uh, smaller clubs grounds. Uh, so you know you. It takes away a little bit of magic. That said, you know, the whole thing about the the replays, the replays do get pretty damn brutal. Yeah. 
Um, so I totally, you know, understand where you're coming from on that. Um, and it is an interesting idea. Um, but that's it. This is the FA we're talking about. My God. One thing you don't mess with is tradition, especially <laughs> if there's a lot of money at stake. That's when tradition really, really matters is when there's a lot of money to be made. True. True. Oh, man. Well, um, yeah, it was just an idea, but w- what you're saying also makes a lot of sense. And 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 guy, the the lower division teams getting to go play at one of the the big stadiums in in England is always a really big idea. So, yeah, that's that that's totally totally fair. Um, so that will do it though for the fourth round proper. I, again, I really wish that we could just find a good way to get rid of replays, but yeah, it, it does seem like that would be. Either way, you're kind of screwing something something over. Um, so maybe maybe one day we'll just we'll just have a better answer. But I don't know what that is yet. I will keep searching. That is my life's goal. That is my that is my Don Quixote quest. And I will go yell at windmills if it helps. Um, so a little bit of news and notes here. Um, this coming from Bleacher Report. Uh, we have a couple of back-to-back cases. One Wes mentioned just a little bit ago. Uh, the first one, though, Man City's Pep Guardiola missed the FA Cup tie after a positive COVID-19 test. Obviously did not keep Man City from exiting uh, the competition, but it is yet another manager, uh, Jurgen Klopp, also having to deal with it uh, in the uh, the Chelsea match in the league um, after uh, he also had a positive test. So, um, managers not exempt as well from the rigors of COVID. Um, and then from Sports Illustrated, um, the story Wes had mentioned earlier, uh, it is confirmed that no EFL investigation will be had into Liverpool after false positive COVID scandal. Um, the Reds were initially set to face the Gunners in the first leg at the Emirates, but the match was pushed back due to positive COVID-19 cases. Um, it's widely thought that the return of the number of false positive tests is unlikely, but here is why it is not, according uh, to the Liverpool Echo. Government guidelines from the UK at the time of the postponement stated that if someone tested positive from a lateral flow, then they must self-isolate and get a PCR test. If a player, for example, tested positive in those circumstances or was still awaiting a PCR result, they would be deemed unavailable for selection. Uh, The scale of infection indicated by initial PCR tests early last week results led to the temporary closure of the training ground and ultimately a decision to postpone the match. Um, So, yeah, everything's good. It's fine. Liverpool will not be getting in trouble for that. Uh, They will just be getting in trouble for Klopp calling AFCON little. That's that's all now. That's 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 it, and that's all. Um, oh, and Klopp will say something to get himself in trouble soon. Yeah, I, I will say it, it is it is a bit unfortunate that he chose that word um, because I, I having watched the clip, I actually understand what he means. He because because he was saying it sarcastically, like because um, the reporter who asked him the question during the press conference was basically talking about you know, getting players back and all this stuff. Uh, and then he goes, well, you know, there's this little competition called the African cup of nations. Um, and yeah, he was doing which, which, which he's yeah, like, no, you, it's actually, said, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, it would be like, you know, uh, Kirby smart play, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, if somebody asked him after losing to Alabama in the sec title game, you know, well, how do you feel about the, uh, the, 
the mat, the, the season kind of ending this way at the, uh, potentially ending this way. And he's like, well, there's this little match called the, uh, uh, Florida, uh, football postseason championship coming up. So, uh, it was, it was, to me, it was done in that very same way. It's unfortunate that he still called it little, um, yeah. but, but I, I, I very much took it and, and believe me, I am someone who, who, who will be very quick to dive into clock clock for being a petty little bitch when he is, but, um, <laughs> I uh, um, but I don't think this was that I think this was just a very unfortunate choice of words when he was trying to actually say, no, it's actually a super big competition. It's a very important competition. And unfortunately it's taken away some of our best players. So yeah, that's it. But, uh, you know, gotta, well, I mean, Klopp, you know, Klopp will, Klopp will do his shit. Don't get me wrong. Klopp <laughs> will bitch and moan about things. But one thing that one thing really that Klopp doesn't do, Klopp doesn't like Klopp doesn't disrespect the game on the basis of matches played and players yeah. and what teams they're playing for. That's really not Klopp's deal. You know, he's not going to sit there and be like, oh, you know, it's just Shrewsbury, it's just Afcon. I mean, they're not us. You know, that's certainly not that. That's not like that's not like Klopp's wheelhouse of being pissy is. You know, is talking down other teams and uh, players and competitions and things like that. You know, that's not his thing. Klopp's one of those football purists who it's like the more football, the better usually for Klopp. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as long as, just as long as the players aren't having to play like 90 matches in a calendar year. (laughs) But, but, but I mean, when it comes to, you know, the playing of football and everything, I mean, Klopp loves football. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not, he's not trying to shit down on a competition like that. So, yeah, absolutely. So, just going to put that to bed in case any, I don't know, Manchester United reporters wants to try and get a dig at him for it. Just saying not that that would ever happen. Of course not. No. No. Um, no, 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 no Carl Anka would never do that. Um, so, a couple more stories here. Um, one, and again, I have nothing against AFCON. It's a fine competition. I don't care about it. Just like I don't really care about Copa America until it gets to like the semifinals. I don't care about the Gold Cup unless like the United States is playing Mexico in the final. I don't care. Um, But it's great that those matches happen. It's great for those countries. It's great that they have something to cheer about. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, This article coming from uh, Defector. Um, mentioning uh, with the with the great headline, "Don't put commercials in soccer, you assholes." Um, as was noted by quite a few people, um, the BN Sports coverage uh, had what they were describing as water breaks uh, at different times in the match. Uh, some people saw them uh, where they would be going to a VAR decision. Um, while the person went to get the referee went to go look at the monitor, um, and you're like, okay, well, I guess that's not so bad to run an ad during that sort of dead time. But some were also happening like in the buildup of an attack, <laughs> and and just just actually in the flow of play. Um, some people reported seeing actual commercials. Some people just saw the water break graphic. Um, but all I hope is that please, 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 God, please, for all that is good and holy, do not start doing this shit anywhere else. Please, 
I beg you, it's one of the best things about soccer. Do not start putting full screen commercial breaks in the middle of a match. I beg you, stop it. Thank you. You know, they could start doing what uh, WWE had decided to do uh, quite a few years back with Monday Night Raw. Is um, you could uh, you could play the match. You could split screen and do commercials and have the match in the other screen. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to blow my freaking head off watching that crap. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, um, it's, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't still think commercials. I mean, we've been doing this for years. Why do you need commercials? Play them during halftime. Yeah, play time. Don't care. That's why I'm peeing. I I I will say the the one thing if if you're gonna do like a VAR thing, and there it's like going to the monitor, I wouldn't hate doing something like that split screen thing, where you're like, uh, you know, all right, while while Andre Mariner is going to the monitor, let's have this quick word from Lexus, and it's like a 15 second advert that plays while in a a smaller box to the side. You see Andre Mariner staring mm-hmm. at a screen, like okay, that's that's not so bad, because uh, you know it, around that you're still gonna see a shit ton of replays that they're gonna show anyway. So if you if you want to do it like in that specific situation, or even during like an actual water break, because we remember having those, you know, in the the World Cup that was in Brazil back in 2014. Um, I imagine they're probably going to happen again in Qatar, even though it's being held in the winter. Uh, I imagine we'll probably still be getting some water breaks there. If you want to do it in there, do a little split screen ad, 15 seconds. Fine. Don't fucking do it while something is happening. Don't. No. God almighty. Oh, that, that, that pissed me off. Pissed me off hard um so there you go that was um one of the best parts about that though as noted at the end of this article um uh, as i said the one silver lining on sunday was that the official confederation of african football is streaming every group stage match on youtube without commercial breaks fans who are fed up with being bullshit could simply scroll over there to watch the match at least until and then there's a tweet uh, from African Insider, CAF, uh, the organizer of AFCON 2021, have been copyright struck for broadcasting AFCON. So, <laughs> just amazing. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't. I'm not hating on AFCON, but AFCON just as a as an organized part of the tournament. Nothing against the players or the teams or the countries. But the organizational part of this tournament is absolute hot damn garbage. It's not been good. And it gets better, Wes. <laughs> because but wait, as, there's more! As you sent me earlier today. Um, this coming from our good oh, yeah. friends over at The Athletic. Oh, yeah. uh, referee blew for full-time early twice during Tunisia against Mali at AFCON uh, by Jacob Whitehead and Maher Mazahi. Um... I just amazing. Uh, referee Johnny Sakazwe um, first blew his whistle at like the 85 minute mark, which it, with the with the, again with the score one nil one nil he blows it five minutes early, and then people were like, "Yo, what what the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "Oh yeah, you know what? You guys are right. My bad. Let, let's keep keep playing, keep playing, keep playing." 
And then, like, there's two penalty appeals, controversially uh, handled. And then in, like, the 89th minute, he blows the whistle to stop play again. And this time he doesn't. He's like, no. No, that's that's actually in a match. I have never seen a match end before the full 90 minutes. And this dude tried to do it twice. But, but then did you see what actually happened in, like, the 87th minute? Oh yeah, the so the, the, gave, the controversial a, red card. He gave yeah. A red card. Yeah. He gave a red card and VAR's like, no, 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 you, you need to check this. There's no way that's a red card. He goes, looks at it, and he's like, no, nah, like I said, it's a red card. <laughs> so he's like, fuck it. You're making me stay out here five more minutes. Somebody's getting sent off. So the amazing thing is, um So this is between uh, again Molly and Tunisia. Uh Molly had the lead. Um and so, so he blows the whistle early. The players go off, and the organizers like, "Wait, what the fuck's going on, dude? Come on!" And so it's like one. Of, I think it was the the uh, the Molly head coach was giving his press conference, and the organizers are like, "Yo, you guys got to go back out there and finish the match. <laughs> this this is stupid. Go back out and finish the match." So the Molly players and the team goes back out there, and Tunisia, who were losing. Is like no, fuck you. We're not going back out there. No, you you all screw this up. We're not going to help you make this right. No, 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 no. You know the the Tunisia coach was like, my, some of my players are already taking ice baths. It's half an hour after the match is done. You can't expect us to go back out there at this point. So just just an absolutely amazing time at Afcon. Um, I don't know if it was mentioned in this article. But apparently this referee... Oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, Sakazu refereed the 2017 AFCON final, the 2016 Club World Cup final, and two games of the 2018 World Cup. This guy's supposed to be good! And he did this twice! What the fuck? Also, somewhere in there, he's got, he's got like a suspension somewhere in there for something to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, uh, in 2018, he was suspended by CAF following a, a CAF Champions League match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy is special, man. Oh my god, what a what a what a time, what a fun time. Well, you wanted us to pay attention to Afcon. We certainly are. I think they came to their like, look, bro. We need ratings. You need to do. You need to do that old shit where everybody just gets pissed at the ref. Yes. He said, "No problem, bud. Hold my beer." Um, and so to, to end the, our, our little news and notes talk here with just some quick hits here um, obviously there's been a bunch of transfers happening a couple of young players uh, highly regarded at first players um, for a couple of Premier League teams one Ainsley Maitland Niles is heading to Roma on loan from Arsenal and Axel Twanzibi is heading to Napoli on loan from Manchester United. Um, speaking of United, Pogba will be out three to four more weeks, according to Bleacher Report. Uh, also, according to Bleacher Report, Youngman's son will be out until February. That is a big blow, of course, to Tottenham. Um, uh, Benjamin Mendy, who is playing in AFCON right now, um, or he would have been had he not actually tested positive for COVID uh, with Senegal, uh, ahead of his first uh, game on Monday. So he is dealing with that. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Wes, to wrap things up, the big the big transfer that has happened so far in the Premier League. One, one this, is, this is how Barcelona got their money back. Philip Coutinho 
he he's flown back from Spain off Messi's wing to rejoin former teammate Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa. I and lead me to not the man. Welcome back, Philip Coutinho. We still miss you even more than Moraine. <laughs> you came back before Jose Mourinho. <laughs> You're 20,000 candles in the wind. Oh my goodness. Now they're in the Birmingham wind. <laughs> yeah. um, oh my yeah. Wow! I, 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 tell you, I mean, really, this could be a really, really super good pickup for uh, Villa if mm-hmm. if uh, Coutinho can. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see Liverpool Coutinho again. Uh huh. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues and just, you know, that he was in like God, it still just boggles your mind. He was like in some of the form of his life when he forced that move out of uh, Liverpool. Um. So I don't know if we're ever going to get that guy back, but I mean, Philip Coutinho can definitely bring something to uh, Aston Villa that they don't have. Oh, um, for sure. And, and he could he could definitely be somebody who could help push them into a, a top half finish this season. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really interesting one because I, I know there was a couple teams that maybe linked is even too strong. I know Spurs were maybe kicking mm-hmm. the tires on it. I know a couple other teams were as well. Um, so to see Aston Villa, who is a lower in the table team, make this kind of make this kind of splash is a big deal. And you know they do need something to kind of kickstart their season again. Um, maybe maybe this will be it. As you said, he brings something that they just do not have right now. Um, just just a was, very interesting place to end up. So there's a there's a meme kind of like floating around the internet. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently. Um, I can't. I I haven't looked into it deep enough to see if he had actually said this, but um, apparently Manchester City had some interest in bringing him in. Uh huh. And um, and there's a quote being attributed to him, and he said, "You know, I told my agent that uh, I would only come back for a team that's won the Champions League." <laughs> and the thing is, is like if he said that, that's like legend and a half. <laughs> But I can't. I haven't been able to find. I haven't really looked. But I haven't been able to find like if that's legit or not. But if so, that is absolutely spectacular. Let me do a quick search to see if I can do it. Because um, man, that I mean, that is that's dynamite. If he did. Uh, oh, if he said that, I mean, Jesus, Christ, that is fantastic. If he said that, I mean, I don't really know why he would say that. But... Yeah. yeah. It's funny as hell if he did. Oh man, that is that is. He said it. That's damn funny to me. Um, there is one more thing I, I just thought of that I had heard about, and I do want to see if uh, there's been anything. Me- okay, okay. So, um, I had heard rumblings. I guess this was maybe late last week. That uh, speaking of Barcelona. Uh, Ferran Torres still hadn't actually been registered yet at Barcelona. Uh, that has happened this week. Ferran, Ferran Torres is officially part of Barcelona. So 
Congratulations, Farron. Way to way to go, Barcelona. I'm glad you're you're well, apparently ass. part of the apparently part of that was that they had to get rid of somebody who was making big money in between uh between Aguero retiring and then moving <laughs> Coutinho on to um to Villa on loan, they were able to register Torres. So. And apparently also uh uh um TT also lowering his wages um was needed to do that as well. Force, force them into wage cuts. What what a great thing! Barcelona just doing so so well. So they're great, man. Yeah, but hey, tourist is currently unavailable after testing positive for COVID. So who really got the better yeah. of that deal? Um, all right, uh, Wes. This is the part where we we start to pimp the athletic. I, I am sure after a dynamite college football final that there there's plenty of great writing coming from the athletics. So what you're reading in the week that was, or the week that will be. Oh, man, let's, uh, let's take a look at what I've got folks. I'm going to go ahead and say a lot of this is uh Georgia bulldog centric here. Oh, no. Um, <clears throat> from, uh, uh, from Jeff Schultz, uh, credit Kirby smart for bringing back the glory with Georgia's long awaited championship. Uh, Kirby smart. Of course, if you don't know the story, uh, a longtime assistant to Nick Saban, um, was basically the golden boy of the Saban staff for years, starting at LSU, then uh, even when he was with the Dolphins, and of course, defensive coordinator on multiple Alabama national title teams. Came to Georgia, um, a Georgia squad that was talented at the time, um, had had some good seasons, had won the SEC a few times, but Georgia just didn't seem to have that killer instinct under Mark Richt to mm-hmm. get them over the hump. Um and Kirby Smart, God bless him to his credit, he he pushed he pushed Georgia from being really good to being elite. And the last thing he kind of needed to top off that elite cake was an elite topping, and that topping was the national championship. And he got it. It's freaking great. And whose back did he ride? Whose arm did he ride? Well, let's ask Nicole Auerbach. Because Stetson Bennett's moment of redemption gives Georgia an ending almost too good to be true. Folks, we mentioned him some in the uh, build-up to the show tonight. Stetson Bennett, the five foot ten—I believe that when I see it—five uh, <laughs> foot ten former two-star walk-on quarterback at the University of Georgia, who took a an, an extremely different route than most people to get where he is now. Uh, now, now that said, we call him a walk-on. He was a walk-on. He is a scholarship player now, has been for a few years. But in a sport that more and more recently, the great teams are dominated by, as we said earlier, future first-round quarterbacks, Stetson Bennett most likely is never going to play in the NFL. Most likely what you just saw last night is the absolute football highlight of Stetson Bennett's career. Um, the man will never have to buy a drink in the state of Georgia for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, he may not have to buy a meal. He will never have to look hard for a job in the state of Georgia for the rest of his life. The man is a legend. And um, doing it against the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, one of those fantastic, and don't, get anything, don't take anything from Bryce Young, but one of those fantastic five-star all-world quarterbacks. Um <clears throat> It's a it's a fantastic story by Nicole Auerbach. 
Um, and it, it's one that, you know, you've got to feel good for a kid like that who was told his whole life, hey, you're good, but you're not big enough. Oh, you don't have this physical trait. You can't do this. You can't do this. He was told he can't so long, and by God, at the end of the day, he did it. Um, <clears throat> and the last one uh, comes from Seth Emerson, Georgia beat writer. We're national champions at long last. Georgia finishes, or Georgia football finishes the drill. And it is Seth Emerson's um, uh, write-up of the Bulldogs lifting that trophy, becoming national champions. And by God, just uh, sending the state of Georgia into an absolute state of euphoria. And then to top it off, uh, Mandel's mailbag. Stuart Mandel, how long before Bama Georgia trilogy? (laughs) Damn it, damn it, damn it. it. Um, At the end of the day, though, you know, he's, he might not be very far off. Um, Georgia, Georgia has got themselves into Bama territory. Um, the recruiting, I mean, they're basically this year, the top three recruiting class in the country in order are Texas A&M, SEC, Alabama, and Georgia. <laughs> There's your one, two, three. Um, yeah. It's like if you finish 10th in the nation in recruiting, you're a mid, you're, you're mid-level SEC at that point. <laughs> and that's actually, that's actually how it's worked out. I think there's like, I think out of the top 12 recruiting teams, like seven or eight of them are SEC teams. Jesus. So that means you have the 12th best recruiting class in the country and like the eighth best recruiting class in your conference. It is absolutely <laughs> insane. And those two are the big dogs. Um, and until somebody steps up, maybe it'll be A&M. Who knows? Until somebody steps up and takes the crown. Well, uh, I said uh, until somebody steps up and takes the crown, those two are the big dogs, and um, they're going to keep eating. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they are going to have a nice little thing. Kirby Smart seems like uh, he he might be building something very big over there at UGA, so uh, hopefully he can continue the trend, much to the chagrin of literally every other fan of a, of a different conference <laughs> in America. Oh, man. Well, it's too bad. Um, yeah, and it's the SEC, as you know, it just means more. Of course. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> God, dude, Paul has been amazing this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul has been amazing. Oh, I'm sure there's I, – I imagine he got a lot, of, a lot of calls from Alabama. Oh, buddy. And, you know, they're very, uh, very straightforward and, uh, you know, very uh, – very level-headed calls. Down to earth, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, only the best, <laughs> only the best from Paul Montan. <laughs> Paul, 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 let me tell you something now. <laughs> Paul, Alabama is not supposed to lose these national title games under our god Nick Saban. It's not supposed to happen, Paul. Paul. Oh, this ain't what's supposed to be happening here. You know that Georgia can't win uh, that little midget quarterback of theirs. People very level-headed um, when it comes yep. to something like that. Absolutely. Wonderful people. Um, my, my two little stories are both uh, baseball-tinged, actually. Um, from yesterday, uh, Evan Drellich, uh, MLB, MLBPA scheduled to meet Thursday for first time since early December. Hope they had a... Uh, 
a nice holiday period to enjoy, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll get right back to it and hammer out a deal in no time. It's uh, uh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be it'll be great. So the good thing is, as is mentioned, um, they are going to talk about the core economics proposal, which if that gets approved, everything else should be very quick. Um, there's there's not a whole lot else that would hold up a, a new uh, collective bargaining agreement. But uh, apparently both sides are still pretty far off in that regard. So, yay, we'll see how that goes. Can't wait and to not have spring training start on time. It's, it's going to be very good. Then, um, you know, in, in a little better news, um, this coming from Lindsay Adler, uh, Rachel Bokovec to manage Yankees low A team, becoming the first female manager in the minors. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Uh, she's apparently got developed a very strong rapport, um, with, with a lot of the players already having been, um, um, God, I, I just had it on here. Um, uh, she became close. To she, was like a, she was like a hitting instructor. Yeah. Uh, including, uh, building a, uh, relationship with young prospects, including Jason Dominguez. Um, she's an experienced hitter and catcher who's used to working with advanced analytics and is fluent in Spanish, which is very big, um, especially for a lot of the uh, the more Latin players who are coming up through the minors um, as as help uh, to to help transition them to the rigors of pro baseball. Um, her being down there at the the low A level. Um, should be able to help with that transition for them. So yeah, this is uh, this is very interesting. Um, we'll see where this goes. Hopefully, nobody goes full troll mode and everything will be totally fine. So you know, and we'll get to a point where this is notable just because it's of who's being hired rather than their gender. But for now, congratulations to her on breaking that barrier, and uh, good luck to you. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Those are my stories uh, for the week. Um, and that'll do it. So let's wrap it up, Wes, with a little watch for what you're watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Um, so uh, on my personal end, mm-hmm. um, I had forgotten I'd forgotten that I'd started uh, season four of The Good Place. <laughs> um, and then suddenly I needed a new show to watch when I'm on the bike at the gym. And I was like, Oh shit, I have the good place. So I'm back in it. I am, uh, I am on my way. Uh, Michael and, um, Eleanor and Jason, uh, just, uh, went to the bad place to get good Janet back. <laughs> yes. So, uh, that's, that's why I currently stand. I uh, do feel bad for poor Jason though, because, um, Blake Bortles was cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know. Poor Blake Bortles. Uh, I wonder what Jason would have thought of the Urban Meyer era. God, Michael Schur would have loved to have write about the Urban Meyer era, I'm sure. Oh, man. As much as fun as they've had on the podcast about yeah. Urban Meyer. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I'm watching that. Uh, we, needed us a, we needed a new 30-minute show around here to watch. Um because we finished 30 rock so we're watching Shit's creek oh you know uh jack watched that we are we're like two or three episodes in it's it's pretty good so far she really liked it good good it seems it seems funny thus far um i've heard good things about it in the past just never had time on it 
so that's our new 20 to 30 minute show that we can watch. Um, <clears throat> and thus far, we're pleased. We've been on, been on a big uh, World War kick around here recently. Mm-hmm. We've been watching a, a bunch of our World War One and World War Two stuff around here. Mm-hmm. So um, that's our that's our little fun, lighthearted um, on the side show to watch now. Nice. Um, in my dickishness, whenever because that would be something she would put on whenever I would you know go somewhere else and do something else, and she would uh-huh. just kind of watch that herself. So if I would come back in and while she was watching that in my in my dickishness, I would say, "So uh, so where in Canada is this?" And she got. It, it's not in Canada. It's it's in the United States. I'm like, no, I know all these people. They're from Canada. Um, spoiler. <laughs> I, I hate to spoil this for you because it's kind of funny. But to also add to my point, in one episode, in a minor role, um, our good friend, the barkeep Gaylor, does make an appearance, oh. which just adds to my, yeah, this is in Canada. All these people are from Canada. <laughs> Yeah, except for Eugene Levy. Except for, like, your main characters, yeah, and Chris Elliott. <laughs> Wait, is, I thought Eugene Levy was from Canada. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, when you were saying from Canada, I was thinking more like Canada-based actors, which I don't think Eugene Levy's really a Canada-based actor. He is Canadian, though. Yeah. He's from Hamilton. God, okay. he's almost 80 years old. Wow. That, that's going to suck to lose him. Oh, yeah, and of course his son, God, his son is something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are uh, there are Catherine some O'Hara. Oh yeah, Catherine O'Hara, of course, playing uh, the the matriarch of the family. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a fun little show so far, and we're we're looking forward to it. So. Nice. Um. So I'm trying to think if there's anything major. Um. Sorry. So uh, through through some through through definitely legal reasons and means, uh, I was able to start watching things on HBO Max, um, which is great. Um, and and there was a show that I had watched the first two seasons of when it was on cable, um, and then it transitioned to HBO Max for seasons three and four, and I couldn't watch it. But now I can, and I get to go back and and talk about it. Um, I've mentioned it on the podcast a long time ago, um, uh, back when seasons one and two first came out, it is a show that started on Cartoon Network called Infinity Train, which is a show about, uh, kids, young adults, whatever, uh, who go on this mysterious train and basically use it to solve whatever trauma that they've going through. The first season is a girl going through the divorce of her parents and how that has affected her life. And it's very deep. It actually gets very dark at different points. Uh, as season four was the end. The, uh, the creator of the show came out and was basically like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think the powers that be were super happy with us making a kid's show that got as dark as it did uh, um, every once in a while. Because it gets, it gets really dark sometimes. Um, not even just for a kid's show. Like, it gets dark. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, though. It's uh, it's also very short. Uh, every season is only about 10 to 12 episodes, and each episode is only about 11 minutes. So you can Ooh. essentially knock out a season in a, just, like, a short afternoon. Um, so, yeah, we, we watched season three. Um, that was really good. Um, of note, uh, the so to tie it back to you... Uh, the 
uh, main character of season three, because it does change every year or every season. Um, the main character in season three is voiced by a character who comes in in season four of The Good Place. Um, Kirby Howell Baptiste. Uh, I forget her name on The Good Place. Uh, she's the one who dates or is with Chidi uh, at the beginning of season four. Oh, um, uh, oh, I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. either. But yes, her. So she is, she is actually the lead voice actress um, for season three of the show. And she does a great job. Uh, no, no, no Australian accent, unfortunately. Um, just, just straight up American. But uh, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, again, also gets pretty dark at some points, especially, especially the end. Uh, I might, because I don't, I don't know if you'll ever have any actual interest in uh, in watching this show. So I might just show you one of like the final scenes of season three because it gets, uh, it's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good show. Uh, I'm excited to watch season four and, and close things off. Uh, yeah, very, very excited to be able to have that in my life. Um, so with that, that is going to bring us to the end of this podcast. Episode 397 is about to be... In- oh, one more thing. I just realized before before I do my closing. Um, we talked a little bit about Letterkenny in the last couple of weeks and how great it was um, with it coming back. Season 10 was amazing. You know one thing I just thought about uh, earlier today that we didn't get in season 10? What's that? We didn't get any Daxi and Ronzi. Oh! Daxi and Ronzi. Oh! Oh! What a double play combo they are. They, they, they love to pitch and catch. Tag team all around. Play in the dirt, play in the grass, doesn't matter. They're they're a good combo up the middle. Oh, strong combo up the middle. <laughs> Choke up on the bat. Choke up always making contact. God, those that those those scenes are some of the best of Letter Kenny oh. ever. It is absolutely amazing. When they're they're the speed dating with yes. Katie just and and Katie will go with them, and then suddenly they'll just like they'll pop Katie so hard. It's great. So, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It is great. So, now that that's out of the way, thank you again for joining us on this episode. Uh, we are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop there on the social media as well as us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. At West Brown Channel 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And our uh, email address is allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers again, including Anchor Powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, so, yeah, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a full slate, maybe, of Premier League matchups. Um, and uh, we can talk about the first leg of Liverpool versus Anfield in the League Cup semifinal. But before we get out of here for good, Wes, anything else you want to add? Folks, as, as has been dropped through this entire episode, this is the episode of the dog, the Georgia Dan Bulldog. Once again, your 2021 
national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, for the first time since 1980, when a band by the name of Herschel Walker powered them dogs to the national title. Georgia holds the biggest trophy in the sport. Folks, if you didn't see it, God, if nothing else, check out the highlights. Um, a game of absolute highs, lows, emotions all over the place. It was my kind of game. I don't really care for the 50 to 48 style games myself. You know me, Ed, I'm an old defensive guy. I love some defense. I love nice. the adjustments that went into that game. The Georgia defense is one of the best I've ever seen play college football. And Alabama's still got a damn good one. <laughs> damn good one. Um, Will Anderson. Will Anderson is the best player in college football this year, hands down, any position you want to go to. He is amazing, and God, Jesus, he'll be back next year. By the way, Bama, preseason number one already for next year. They are loaded. Shocking. Shocking. Because most of those guys on the team this year, most of those guys who were their biggest contributors this year, oh, yeah, they're underclassmen. (laughs) So uh, Heisman Trophy winner was a second-year player. Will Anderson, a second-year player. So they, they, as Rods would say, they back. Um. So Bama going to be ready next year. But for, for this year, for this night, it was all about Georgia. The dogs getting it done. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who lives down in Athens. He said it has just been a – he said it's just been absolutely crazy. Um, party atmosphere, obviously, after the game and just the biggest smiles on people's faces that you'll ever see around there. Um, so uh, the SEC, it, folks, it just means more. And by God, it, it – it really, it just means more to people down there. It does. It really does. Oh, that's amazing. I ain't got no problem with that myself. Of course you don't. Of course you <laughs> don't. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations to those Georgia Bulldogs on their big win. And uh, congratulations on uh, ending 40 years of heartache. You are always be a better version of Manchester City. Uh, but for now... You, you next, England! Yes, obviously. Obviously, it's England. It's England's time! Oh, man. It's England's time. It will... has <laughs> It's been England's time for the last 30 years. So hopefully it still can be. Since um, 1966, it's been England's time. Yes. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks again for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Athens, Georgia. Thank you for not being Philadelphia and burning down the city. Yet. <laughs> Such a pretty place. It is. Athens is, Athens is very nice. Oh, glorious. Uh, that's where REM came from. Can't be all bad, right? Exactly. Exactly. Any happy people here? Oh, hey, they've got their smile. They've got their orange crush. Oh, oh man! Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. 
Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.